welcome to Is This Anime? I'm your anime expert, Jack Metcalf. And I'm the uh, new guy to anime, Malcolm Cloud. So uh, for those just joining in, each week I select an anime series for Malcolm to watch and three episodes that best showcase that series length. Malcolm, how much anime have you watched? Uh, This is my second anime uh, ever. And that first one you watched was One Punch Man last week. Did it pass the test? I actually think it did. Uh, that one was uh, it was pretty entertaining. I didn't expect it to be uh, a comedy, and so I was pleasantly surprised. It was very funny. And uh, though I haven't watched any more episodes, it's definitely uh, on my radar to, for something I should be watching more. It, it was a most unexpected development to hear that um, you didn't even know One Punch Man was a comedy. Because uh, for, for listeners, we, me and Malcolm are forbidden about talking about uh, each week's episode. We did not talk about JoJo. I may have told him uh, a certain book I purchased, but even then Malcolm uh, uh, refused to answer any, any of my text messages. <laughs> um, so that, that's how, that's how much we, uh, how seriously we, t- we take this, this oath we, we put on you, dear listener. Um, but if you did listen to last week's episode, you know, we'd be, we are covering Jojo's Bizarre Adventure today. But before we get into that, Malcolm, do you know the various genres of, anim- of manga? Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't really realize uh, there were uh, genres of manga. So so for the sake of understanding this week's show, I'll tell you. So unlike comic books where you buy a comic like Iron Man for three bucks and that's all you get, you know, you get an Iron Man story or something like that. You get a Captain America story, that's all you do. Um, with manga, series are published in these big 400-page magazines. And those magazines categorize themselves within these five genres. They're shonen, which is manga targeted at tween and teen boys and even like eight-year-olds. Um, that'd be something like Dragon Ball Z or uh, this JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, which we're covering today. There is shoujo, which is manga targeted at tween and teen girls. Seinen, which is manga targeted at adult men, 18 and up. Jose, which is manga targeted at adult women, 18 and up. And uh, Kodu Mo Momuk, I, I cannot pronounce that, I'm sorry guys, which is manga targeted at young children, like preschool level stuff. But JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, and many of the shows we'll be covering, fall into the shonen category. So let's get right into the meat of this, Malcolm. Uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure was created by Hirohoko Araki. In Araki's book, which I spent 25 whole dollars on, I, uh, I read all of it in the span of like a day. It, it is not a very long book. It's like 200 pages, and it's got quite large type. Uh, he talks about what inspired him. And he described witnessing a 16-year-old duo named Yuda Mac- Yuda Mamaigo, I'm, I'm butchering that, man. Some of these pen names are weird. Uh, they made their manga debut at 16 with a manga called Ultimate Muscle, which is like this wrestling manga and was actually turned into a, a short-lived TV show in, uh, in the 80s and 90s. Uh, they were the same age as him, which gave him the jolt to actively pursue creating manga. And he started to analyze why his efforts at trying to get into Shonen Jump, which is the most prestigious of all the shonen manga manga magazines. And he was analyzing what led to these rejections and what made him different from this duo. And after successfully publishing a few one shots and a 10 chapter series called Bao, he finally achieved success in 1987 with Jojo, which debuted in weekly shonen jump. So how's that? That that's quite the journey. Yeah, no, that makes, I mean, that's, it's an interesting, I mean, the fact that he was starting at 16 kind of explains some stuff that I'll, uh, I'll talk about. Oh, he didn't about. start at 16. He was inspired to. Jojo didn't get Oh, jo- oh okay. Yeah, that's, that's just, yeah. 
that's okay. That's okay. Now I have I have other questions, but I'll say that. Till... <laughs> that's that's good. Um, but yeah. So why why name a series called JoJo's Bizarre Adventure? Thanks to that twenty five dollar book, I I learned why. And Araki said he liked naming his series after the main character to convey the impression that the author cared about the lead. His previous series was called Bow the Magnificent. Another short-lived one was called Cool Shock BT. And he said because the lead character of JoJo was a foreigner, he wanted to give a memorable nickname to the title, which led to him using the word bizarre to signify the story would be unusual. And the word adventure came from, well, because it's an adventure. So as, as you could probably tell Malcolm, uh, but maybe not you, listener, uh, JoJo is divided into a ton of arcs, but unlike other series, these arcs have an entirely new story and cast, and these arcs are referred to as parts by the fandom. So, like any good manga, JoJo is divided into numerous arcs, but unlike other series, these arcs have an entirely new story and cast, and the fandom refers to these arcs as parts. Part one of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is Phantom Blood, focusing on 19th century British hero Jonathan Joestar, who faces off with his evil stepbrother Dio Brando, who is also a vampire man. Uh, Battle Tendency focuses on uh, Jonathan's grandson, Joseph Joestar, in the late 1930s, where Joseph fights three immortal Aztec vampire men known as the Pillarmen. And also one of his best friends is a, is a Nazi cyborg named uh, Von Strohan. That, that is uh, quite dated already. And Stardust Crusaders, which takes place in the 1980s, stars Jotaro Kujo, Joseph's half-Japanese grandson, who faces off against a resurrected Dio Brando, who is also, um, who's also taken over uh, Jonathan's body for reasons. Um, uh, as you can tell, it, it is a bizarre generational adventure, Malcolm. Uh, did you follow any of that? I, I mean, I am so shocked. There's a lot that I didn't know. I mean, as, as we've kind of established, I don't know anything about these shows, especially when I go into them. I'm going in blind. Um, based only on the episodes you recommend. Uh, and uh, the fact that there are multiple timelines does make a lot more sense now. Um, and when I say multiple timelines, I actually mean like that, like it's kind of a different story with slightly different protagonists uh, between the X. Cause we, uh, as you'll get, we'll get into uh, watch an episode from part one, Phantom Blood, part two, Battle Tendency, and then, uh, part three stardust crusaders um so 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 you were able to pick up on that already i did notice that i did i did watch it on netflix and so when i watched the last episode it does list season two of jojo as being stardust crusaders uh and then when i was watching battle tendency this is something i'll get into it just flashes at one point and says part two and i was like what (laughs) what part two yeah and so that's partly the format of the show so so dear listener um with the show i'm supposed to pick three episodes that best represent each anime and i was tempted to just pick three episodes of stardust crusaders which is the most iconic part i'm not sure if it's the best part but it's certainly the most iconic one. Jotaro Kujo is definitely um, the one who is most frequently uh, seen as kind of the main character of this whole world. But at the same time, the fun of Jojo is the variety. So, of course, I decided to pick each premiere of each part. And uh, let's get into that. So our first episode is called Dio the Invader, episode one. Malcolm, what was it like uh, seeing this introduction to the world of Jojo? 
Uh, I mean, I like uh, I like when it's just like you're just dropped into the action. Like I like because it's like this episode just starts off with like a carriage that's like I assume it's, it appears to have careened off a cliff. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It was also on the road, so I was like, I don't know how this happened. There was like an accident. There's like a man uh, who's like on the verge of death. There's like um, what I can only describe as like. Uh, just one of the worst people <laughs> in this. Yeah, so who discovers so him to, to uh, Dario Brando, who 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 is not very subtle in terms of how evil he is. He he's seen like trying to steal off of this um, man who's near death and who says his wife is dead, and you know he's just got his like one year old son, and then Dario Brando uh, just tries to steal off him. <laughs> Um, but somehow um, George jo- Joestar, the uh, the man who's been injured, somehow thinks that Dario is trying to save him, uh, which is the worst case of judgment ever. Ever. Oh yeah, I mean it's it's so bizarre that like you just like he's literally about to take a ring off yeah. his uh, finger, and he's like, "You've come to save me." I'm like. Even yeah, and this all happens in thirty seconds. That we're we're given very little. All we know it's it's that it's the eighteen uh, hundreds. Yeah, that's one thing I'm gonna say. This whole show is like the pacing is so fast. Like it feels at times like this is forty forty five minutes, but at the same time, I also understand these episodes are twenty two minutes a pop, and so much happens in a very short amount of time. And, and the crazy thing is, uh, this is actually the they cut very little from the manga. In fact, all the manga has is a short little prologue, which we'll get into the details of that prologue a bit later when we're introduced to more concepts. But like the this actual this first part, Phantom Blood, is what it's it's referred to as. There's very very few cuts, and yet it moves so goddamn fast, which tells you something. Yeah, I mean it's. I mean again, it has that pace of uh, as you just said a manga, which I I mean I assume that's the pace of a manga. Yeah, I, like they cut very little, so they're they're they're. The, the lack of room to breathe is exactly the pace of the manga. You're just jumped in. So anyways, Dario, he, um, so yeah, he tries to steal off of George Joestar and uh, George offers him a life debt. And um, we- that, which, is, which is crazy. A yeah. life debt, like just because you were the first on the scene. Like imagine that, like get into an accident now and then a paramedic comes by and you're like, I guess I give you uh, anything you want. <laughs> and, that, and that proves to be a very terrible decision, but we don't have time to process it because it immediately jumps 12 years later to 1880. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> that was shocking too. I was like, wait a minute. This yeah. has nothing to really do, except for the like, establishing of this life debt. That yeah. it's like this accident and then, yeah, there's a baby and then the baby is obviously uh, now a kid. Um, also, there, before we jump into it, there was one line uh, that the uh, Brando says, Dario Brando says, where he's like, sees the body and he's with his like wife, and he goes, "This peacock." Is that a burn? Is that is calling someone a peacock a burn? You know, it's it's old timey dialogue, and I I don't have the manga script next to me, so I don't know if that's a translation thing or or a localization team having fun. But but given how accurate this this adaptation is. Um, so yeah, so we, so correct me if I'm wrong, we jump then to uh, Dario's son, Dio, right? Or do yeah. we go with Jonathan? I, I forget, sorry, it's been two whole days. Yeah, so we go to Dio, um, he, you know, he's sort of like, he's reading some sort of book, his dad's like uh, sick, 
Um, and then uh, he's like, here, you need some more medicine. And the dad's like, the med- this is snake oil. This is snake oil. Yeah. Give so, me so, my booze. He's a f- alcoholic. So already we're introduced to two characters, and then one of them is already now dead, basically. <laughs> yeah. So, like, he 12 years later, Dario, man who uh, has a life debt uh, that George has given him, is now on the verge of death himself. He clearly has not cashed in this debt. No. Which I think it's really weird. Like, it's such a weird... <laughs> he look. didn't ask for an estate or anything, but instead he, he actually does something somewhat nice because he lets his son Dio cash in on that debt instead. Yeah, um, and Dio is... An uh, asshole? A, a bastard man? That's like... <laughs> that's the word. He, I just put down in my notes... Dio fucking sucks. That was like you know, what I, I would argue, But that's the funny thing, and yeah, we haven't even gone to our main character, Jojo, but Dio is just such a cartoonishly awful person. So so now we cut to, to the Joestar estate, and I still don't get how Joestar is like an 1800s name. Oh, I, that, that's also something I was like, Brando and Joestar are not English names. Like they don't, like they're not like, well, and so yet they are. Dio for at least. I have an explanation for Dio. Um, no, no, but, like the last names Brando and Joe Star. Like you weren't like Brando is like more of an Italian name, and Joe Star is a name that does not exist. Joe, Joe Star is is where you're just like, oh yeah, this is an anime. This isn't just like someone adapting Les Mis or something. This is this is yeah definitely the first part that uh, cues you in. I, um, so then I do. Gonna... I am a sucker for an original name, um, but as it's gonna get, uh, as I discovered more and more that Joe Star. Uh, Joe, Jonathan, Joe Star, like these JJ names, yeah. are, get more and more confusing as the series progresses. As as you can see, because they, uh, so of course the reason why we uh, the show is called JoJo's Bizarre Adventures because we're introduced to Jonathan Joe Star, who is called JoJo for short, and we see at the Joe Star estate that um, his, his love interest, Lady Arena, she's got a doll that two two other bastard men are like trying to take the clothes off i wasn't yeah i know like i wasn't sure like so these are these bullies brothers how do they how are they are they children are they like so that's the thing it should be noted that these characters these two lead characters in this first episode are 12 years old (laughs) yeah they're 12 years old yet they act like they're uh i'd say they're 15 at least they're acting 15 at least maybe closer to 16 or something I was going to say, they're acting like they're in an episode of Gossip Girl and they're being betrayed by, like, 30-year-olds playing yeah. against 15-year-olds. But, you know, we do get an introduction to uh, Jonathan, who, of course, you know, um, rescues Lady Arena and beats up those two thugs. Or, well, no, does he beat them up? Or they no, try? he gets his ass handed to him. <laughs> yeah. And, like, and then he's like, she's like, why would you do that? And then he's like, you know, a gentleman... Uh, now always goes in no matter what, even if he's going to get his ass handed to him. I'm paraphrasing, but that's yeah. essentially what he is. And then he leaves. He's like kind of mad. He's like, and he leaves with his little dog, uh, Danny. I think it's Danny, name. who's his best friend, which he repeats constantly. Yes. And then we get our int- then we get Dio who comes onto the scene, oh. and Dio does a superhero landing. I noticed he does a very dramatic three point landing. Yeah, he does that. Um, He's also before he like wins a chess game in some sort of bar. Yeah, which establishes gets, his genius. And then he gets bullied and like has his head put into some mashed potatoes. 
And then he has an opportunity, I think, to like grab a knife or something, and he doesn't. Um, because I guess he knows he's going to go to this estate, so he doesn't want to screw that up. A, a rare moment of restraint, which he does not show for the duration of the entire series. N- no, that was like, you could have cut that scene like from like when he gets his head cut in, and it would have been like, wouldn't have changed a thing. Cause no. Because that fake out, that's a fake out. Because Dio's first action when he meets Jonathan is to is to kick Jonathan's dog, Danny. Yeah, that was crazy. I was like, wait a minute. When he kicks the dog, I was like, this already? Like, there's not yeah. even going to be a moment where like, hey, like, these guys are going to like be friends or they're nope, going to be. There is none of that. Immediately. There's animosity is like, he comes in and he's like, I'm going to, I'm here to destroy you. I'm here to like, I'm going to ruin your life. I am the better person. And you're like, but again, like the life debt that he's cashing in, I know boy is like, Hey, I can only have one. It's, it really feels like George Joestar was like, there's enough for everybody. <laughs> and, um- yeah, so, and of course, you know, he kicks Danny, and then he tells, uh, when he encounters uh, George, he, of course, plays the innocent uh, kid, and he's like, oh, no, the dog was just attacking me, and it's like, fuck off. Yeah, that one, too, where I'm like, all these people in this house should know that, like, hey, Danny's a dog that never, like, has never bit anyone, who's never, like, attacked anyone, like, who's no. never, like, this dog is clearly established as a true man's best friend, and, like, and for him to be, like, and then the dog's kicked, and, oh, he attacked me, and no one was, like, except for, I guess, not even really uh, uh, jo- Jojo, like, he doesn't even really defend it, it's, like, he's, like, oh, what, and then, like, immediately smash cut to, like, yeah, so, uh, so where do we go to next? Um, Oh, actually now i don't really remember i what what stood out is like yeah there's some scenes that's i think it's like um yeah there's there's him trying there's jojo trying to eat and he's being a barbarian and that's like yeah the, the only moment where i'm like oh maybe this guy actually is 12 because 12 year olds have bad manners yeah i guess that's the only time you see the sign of like oh that's a 12 year old like he's hungry he's clearly been out in the fields all day or whatever the hell the i mean it's it's just open land around this estate and and dio Um, of course uh eats very properly dio is a is a true gentleman except for his morals and they're drinking wine right i don't know if you noticed that but like they are all of them have like big glasses of wine and i know this is set in england i know Mm -hmm. like but but even like 12 seems young like i thought like kids don't really start drinking wine till they're like you know 15. I mean he's a ri- they're both rich kids they're allowed to class it up I guess that's I guess that's true I just I think it the it adds credence to the theory that they're actually 15 or should be 15 that they're drinking wine I mean when... th- this I guess this series is your first introduction to anime aging because um One Punch Man didn't really suffer from that but this series as as we go into multiple episodes clearly clearly the ages are very out of whack. Yeah. I don't think you could properly guess any character's age except for maybe the characters in our second episode. Yeah. Um which we won't get into quite yet but that's the only time where I'm like I think the ages there are are somewhat okay. Yeah, time is not of a concern on this show. They just they don't really care about it. No, time. and so and so Dio's next bastard man action is to force himself and sexually assault um JoJo's girlfriend Lady. Oh Arena. man. Well before we get into that, I wanted to say there's a scene after like this thing where there's like a backyard boxing match. Oh yeah, and he and he um and he partially blinds Jojo briefly. 
Yeah, well, the things I had, I have questions, which are, why is there a boxing match? How are there so many people? Who are those people? And, like, when did, like, it was not established that JoJo could fight. And yet, at a certain point, it's like, this guy's participating in some underground rich kid boxing shit. As far as all the things that occur in that episode, that was the one I had the least issue with. (laughs) Really, that's the one. Like, not because there's well, some, there's there's some there's stuff a lot later of on. questionable stuff in this episode. Oh man, I'm gonna hold you. I'm gonna hold you to that. <laughs> the, um, the boxing match I feel is pretty mild by the by the rest of the standards, but of course Dio does yet another bastard man action. But yeah, right. so so he le- yeah so he kisses. Yeah, well, first of all, he's like, oh, I'm ruining his life, and like he kind of is. And at a certain point, oh yeah, uh, Jojo and uh, uh, Arena have you like had this love story? They've like she gives them some grapes on a tree, and like they start dating, and they're like going mm. to the city, and they're in like a pond, and they're splashing water on each other, and then yeah, all of a sudden like the two adult bully brothers, uh, I assume they're the adults. They yeah. probably are 12. Oh, but... I'd think by, by their age, I think they're 15 if we're going by JoJo ages. Maybe 15, 14 or 15 if we're going yeah. by Yeah. Uh, it would be hilarious if we found out they were younger. They're like, these are eight-year-olds. <laughs> nine-year-olds are bullying this 12-year-old man. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, but then, yeah, he goes and he like kisses. He basically, he commits a sexual assault on her. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's like... straight up sexual assault. Um, yeah, it's like, it's so, I didn't like it. Like, I was like, oh, oh. gross. Um, and, and she finds it gross, too, because she, she finds it so disgusting, she starts drinking, like, mud water, basically. Yeah, and then he slaps her and is like, my kiss is that good. You you don't do that to me. Oh, and and I think I, we have to play a clip. I'm going to quickly find this clip. Um, because one of the great things about JoJo is how many goddamn memes there are. And uh, Dio utters these immortal words. You and Jojo, you make such a smart-looking couple. Really, I should have guessed as much. Try as I might to ruin his life, young Master Jonathan has been oddly happy as of late. Trouble I'd get into if I was brave as Dio. He just does what he wants. Devil may care. Tell me, have you and Jojo kissed yet? I'll take that as a no. You thought your first kiss would be Jojo, but it was I, Dio. Yeah, so there's that. That that uh, it was I, Dio thing has become a huge meme, and it's probably one of the most popular Jojo memes out there. Okay, I, that's interesting because I uh, I would never have guessed that, but it also makes a lot of sense because no one speaks like that. I don't go. I never go. I Malcolm uh, have watched. Well, no, again, it's all part of his JoJo's bizarre adventure. And also, what I've noted in watching that clip is um, those two guys also are very very proud of Dio for sexually assaulting someone. They're they're very much into that. Oh, it's like. Um, just yeah what you said it just really um are they it's like are, are they stupid are they stupid kids like are they like oh i didn't know that but it's like no he clearly knows it and we're it. spending a lot of talk a lot of time talking about these two characters who i don't even think have names and um it's way too much time considering they do not appear in the rest of the series no 
Uh, and I'm surprised by that. I'm disappointed by that. I feel like there's a lot to offer from those two. Like those two could have just been like uh, Dario, or sorry, Dio's uh, subordinates or something like that. No, they were never referred to. Um, who knows? Maybe they died of some sort of. I mean, he, wouldn't surprise me between if he... the time jump. Um, so they got anyways, the plague. Yeah. <laughs> got the plague. Um, or who knows? Maybe maybe they were actually very rich and had uh, wealthy estates and lived good lives, <laughs> despite being terrible, terrible humans. Um, so what's next in there? The we got the Dio kiss, and then he gets his revenge on Danny. Um. Yeah. Wait. On Danny. Uh. Well, yeah. Dio. Dio does yet another terrible thing to. Oh, do. this is yeah. Now this is this is thing that like shocked me the most. This was like. I could not believe when it happened that it happened. Uh, I also don't know like how it could have happened. It's very weird. So there's like a groundskeeper. I don't know what his name is, but it's just like one of the workers. And there's like, I guess some sort of uh, furnace on the property. And he goes and he just like lights it on fire and like closes it. And all of a sudden you see like the door, like being like yeah. trying to be pushed open. And the guy goes, uh, he doesn't do anything. He just goes, Oh no, that might have been a person, and he like just stands yeah, I mean, there. He even probably could have had time to even like put out the fire, perhaps too, because I, I don't know how long it takes for that furnace to erupt. But you know, I'm sure there was at least a bit of time of him just cooking. Yeah, but, but no, the, he's and, completely impulsive, does nothing, and yeah, um, it's strongly implied. I mean, more than implied, it's very obvious. It, um, Dio did it. Yeah, not only did Dio do it. Danny the dog is in the fire. Yeah. He's the one trying to get out and he is burnt to death, killing the dog. And also like this happens at the same time as like when um, Jojo uh, tries to reunite with uh, 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 was it Arena? Yeah. She uh, won't like talk to him. She won't acknowledge him, which is again, very 12 year old thing where it's like you, that you had a kiss Mm-hmm. someone else but again uh, if we actually you know talk what it really is which is she got sexually assaulted yeah i, I can understand why like you know this kind of happens uh, but at the same time it's just like it's really heartbreaking to see that it's like this guy comes in uh and just yeah it's just a fucking asshole like he's just the worst person like fuck dio like piece of, what a piece of shit so so here's the thing um I read in I read in the uh, Iraqi's book manga in practice and in theory, and what he does talk about is he did feel that Dio's evil actions were cathartic for the audience, in the sense that they were just so cartoonishly evil that the audience actually kind of in- enjoys it. And I won't lie, I love Dio. Dio is a fantastic villain in my opinion. He he has zero depth, but he is just so. He is the fucking worst, and I. It's almost in like just a absolutely fun way. Yeah, I mean, there is an element of like I. I don't hate um, a villain that is just like all out evil, uh, and like I guess that's a thing. I you know I'm curious with like going forward with like the different animes I watch, is that uh, if that's like a trait of anime, which is like irredeemable heroes. I think I'm so used to watching shows where it's like. You know, the hero has, you know, is multi-layered. There's some nuance to him. Like, in this guy, it's just like, I'm evil. I do evil things. I have no remorse. 
let's go. I'm here for power and I want to control everything. Yeah, I mean, I'm just, uh, from my brief memory of, of reading all of JoJo, because I have read all eight parts, I'm completely caught up with part eight, which is excellent. And uh, just based off what I can remember right now, I think it's only in part seven where there's actually a truly sympathetic villain, maybe kind of part six, but also that character is a disciple of Dio, which which by virtue of that makes him an asshole. Yeah, I could... I guess so. I don't know what you you know what it's about because I haven't read exactly, it. Uh, and I've only watched uh, what I should have been. I've only should have said I I've only watched three episodes. I've actually watched four because we were going to record yes. a podcast uh, um, a little a uh, few days ago, and it turns out that we I, spent I about up. I put it, I put the wrong one in the wrong Google Doc. Yeah, but we spent about fifteen minutes talking about two different episodes and didn't put it together that we were talking about two different episodes until we started talking about um, a specific fight scene that does not occur in this episode. Does not occur. But, it occurs in the third episode. But it's really um, easy to to say, you know, you talk about Dio being an asshole, and that's something that's definitely. Uh, yeah. recurring throughout this whole uh, nine episode part phantom blood dio just consistently being an asshole but um what iraqi did say about dio is that because dio came from nothing you can understand why he wanted to get revenge upon the world even if it meant taking an evil path which is why readers could accept that to an extent but I, the thing is is like i can i guess i can ex- accept it to a certain extent but i'm like but he doesn't he's not gonna like he has an opportunity to be rich He's like has this opportunity, yeah. like, and he's young. He's twelve years old. Like, it's like he didn't have old. nothing. <laughs> Guess what? He like his dad had a life debt, and it's not you know. To be honest, his dad's the shitty one for not cashing it in immediately and being like, true, "I yeah. have this baby, and I want you to like take care of it right, right well, from the start." Just, you know, been like, "I want an estate too. Like, give me part of the Josar estate. That could have all been solved, and you know, he could have just lived off the land." Yeah, um, instead it's like I, I'm, you know, I'm a thief and you know I'm uh, abusive. I mean, that's the thing that's also that I noticed was there's a lot of abuse to women in this whole show. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, it's specifically in the the last episode I watched. There's a there's a few oh moments God. where you're like, what is happening? Let's um, well, it, it'll be but, a little longer before we get into the misogyny of jo- of Jotaro Kujo. Yeah. Uh, but when we were uh, well, in episode, episode three, four, or yeah. no, episode three, episode three, which is, so yeah, let's get into episode three, Youth with Dio. And uh, this is just all action. It pretty much just takes place on one set. It's a confrontation between um, Jonathan and Dio. Yeah, Jonathan, because, because this is the third episode, not the second, it's just like Jonathan has figured out that Dio has poisoned his father. Oh, and it's eight years later too. So now they're jacked. They're, yeah. Now they're adults. Now they're the adults that they were kind of already are. I think um, they definitely look closer to 20, or at least, you know, what you, what you could expect for a 20-year-old in a com- comic book, you know? Like, that's, like, somewhat plausible. Yeah, they are 20. Yeah, I guess they are 20. Which means it's like, now, Dio's had eight years of living the good life, if you will. Mm-hmm. And yet... He, you know, yet he's still a terrible person. Yeah, so this this time jump takes place in episode two. And episode two basically just repeats the same bits of episode one, where it's just like, oh, Dio and Jonathan are friends, but then Dio's internal monologue is like, just you wait, Jonathan. It's very abrupt. Uh, well, like he, 
well, uh, Jonathan keeps saying things like, Tio, my brother, my brother. And I'm yeah. like, based on the first episode and like now, I'm like, why, at no point would I have been like, this guy's my brother. This guy oh, and, and sexually it harassed. Either. It is not present in the manga. The time jump is just as abrupt. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, but we also get to meet one amazing character, which is Robert E.O. Speedwagon. And this oh. begins... Um, Jojo's Bizarre Adventures, um, wonderful trend of uh, using uh, the names of artists and albums and songs. I and will say, I I think that might be one of the greatest character names in history. It's awesome. And the Speedwagon Foundation appears throughout the generations of Jojo, even long after uh, Robert passes uh, of age. I have a question for you. Do you believe that in this world that Ario Speedwagon, the band, yeah, it was named after the man. That like that that this was like they were some sort of like it's a tribute to the greatest tycoon that's ever lived in this in our world. Well, you know what? Let let's do that. I I can buy that because it's one thing if like the characters' magic powers have like album names, you can almost say they just gave them those names because they like those albums. But no, I think in the world of this, Ario Speedwagon is named after Robert E.O. Speedwagon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think it's like, I, as soon as I found out that was his name, I was like, I'm on board for this guy. I want this guy to have his own show. I'd watch Robert E.O. Speedwagon's strain, A Bizarre Adventure. Like, I would watch that. And thankfully, he is quite present um, in those first 26 episodes. Uh, you do get a lot of Speedwagon, and you get constant mentions of the Speedwagon Foundation, which he builds. But also in episode two, Speedwagon attacks jo- Jonathan. Speedwagon is a poor man with a... A hat, uh, a top hat that also has razor blades that spins. Yeah. And was, that, was that in this episode? That's not in this episode, but we're only skipping one, so I might as well give that backstory too, because it is hilarious. Um, yeah. And this is part of the weird classism of this first part of Phantom Blood. Um, all the poor characters are really, really evil. And it's only when they uh, unite with the rich people that they have any sort of redemption. Jonathan beats up Robert E.O. Speedwagon in their first confrontation. And uh, Speedwagon is immediately um, falls for him. Um, there's, there's been many, many people in the fandom who, who think they might have had something a little deeper. And certainly Speedwagon, I think, has an unrequited uh, crush on Jonathan. Really? Okay, that's fascinating. I would never have picked up on that. Yeah, I thought, I've seen uh, enough of it, but given that he is a confirmed bachelor in uh, after the significant time jump later on, I would say that's that's, that's close enough to, to what you could expect. Yeah, it's that history bachelor thing where it's like he was a lifelong bachelor yeah. and he lived with his best friend for 30 years and you're like, hey, historians that's uh that's a gay a romance that was happening yeah, <laughs> like a... i mean jonathan as we know is very clearly straight he's only got eyes for arena he's he's a good gentleman he's very monogamous yeah uh, so yeah they have this confrontation and uh it goes poorly with uh jonathan and dio yeah i mean dio ends up killing george uh the immediately. dad immediately, immediately and george george utters a line that i laughed so hard at when i watched it which is he goes where better to die than in the arms of my son which is just i that what a burden what a burden to like have that like I mean, hypoth- hypothetically if it was like in a hospital bed that would have been nice but no he, he dies by a knife by his stepson 
And he, like, it's implied that he had, like, a heart attack before this. Um, I guess that was the poison. The poison idea. Yeah, I guess. Or So he assumed that. And then, you know, then obviously he's stabbed to death and it's, like, game over. Yeah, and that's when we actually get, like, a, I, think the, I think the fight scene between Jonathan and Dio is actually pretty awesome. Yeah, there's, like, a brutal beheading and uh, I just, there's just a lot going on in terms of, like, it's hyper-violent. It is, um, and remember, this is this is a shonen. This is a shonen manga that's a, a, adapting from, which means it's for tweens. Yeah, which is crazy because it's like nineteen eighty-seven tweens. And uh, was this and made this in nineteen eighty-seven? Yeah, so this series debuted in nineteen eighty-seven. Although the anime, this anime adaptation we're watching, can, is uh, from twenty twelve. Okay. That's, so there's, okay. a, there's a couple factoids I'll get into after we actually finish talking about this episode. To, yeah, there's to Phantom Blood. There's also uh, where, like, I think it's uh, JoJo. I, mean, I correct me if I'm wrong. Where he's like, there's like, um, I think he's talking about Dio, and he goes, "My notes, the brain, unknown abilities, unknown strength." Uh, and I thought again that was another funny line. I think trying to describe his anime. It is. And I could be wrong. This I've watched this episode a few days ago, so yeah, I just watched it before. But even then, a lot happens. <laughs> a lot happens. We get quite a few flashbacks to events we've already seen. They have their big confrontation, but then Dio puts on the stone mask, and that's oh, yeah. when it gets wild. Yeah, well, it turns out that mother's mask, as it's referred to, mm-hmm. um, has yeah has. And I assume this show is about masks because. <laughs> For the first, first portion of it. For the first portion for the, of it. Because in the first episode, we see this mask and it's like uh, in a briefcase and it's pulled out and it like mm-hmm. kind of grows and then there's like it's on a wall and it falls and like, oh, there's some movement. And then we see the masks later. Um, but uh, one of the things is, yeah, there's this fight. We think uh, Dio dies. He's not dead. And then for some almost instantaneously the house is caught on fire and uh dio and jojo are fighting and there's a shot and this is a shot that really bothers me and it bothers me because i'm like i don't understand the the i guess almost the physics of this world and that like this house is like ablaze it's Mm. so hot it's also like a very deep house like this house has got a lot of floors below it even though it's like probably three or four stories Mm. Uh, that you can see and but it's like this house is on fire and it's an intense flame and yet uh it's raining outside <laughs> dramatic effect dramatic it's, effect. Dr- it's dramatic effect but i'm like but it's not even smoke like you'd think like the rain would be no, like would i make mean i can smoke. almost buy that for an animation budget i can almost accept that because th- this first season at least didn't have a super high animation budget yeah i can um, you can tell it's just one of those things where I was like, I wonder if that's in the manga that like he just kind of forgot like, oh, like he was so caught up in like, mm. it's going to be cool if they fight in the fire. And like, then it's like, but it would be cool if it's raining outside and they're all like standing there hoping Jojo survives. Yeah. But what I do like, what I, what there are some really genuinely cool moments, which is when Dio puts on the stone mask and everyone thinks he's dead and he gets resurrected effectively and the police shoot him. And of course it has zero effect. Yeah, well, they're like he gets shot right in the head, yeah. and like then it's um, immediately like the bull, the, the wound, uh, the hole is filled. Then he's, he's a like, vampire. He's, he's a stabbed, vampire, man. He's like stabbed in the hand in a really brutal way, and it's like so obvious that like oh, his hand's gonna be fine. 
And I don't even know if he could feel pain. It doesn't seem like his pain's... I feel like Dio's pain tolerance was already incredibly high to begin with, but now that he's an immortal vampire man, um, things have escalated incredibly quickly. Yeah. And then, like, there's this fight, and I just put down, like, the longest free fall in a three-story mansion ever. Welcome, Welcome to Shonen anime, where things that should normally happen instantly take five minutes. Yeah, that it's was a like very long free fall, and JoJo has lots of time to um, come up with ideas of how to avoid his fate. Yeah, and his fate is, and I think this was this was actually a cool like image, which was he like finds like I what can I only describe as like a Jesus statue, mm-hmm. and he manages to impale uh, Dio on it. Yeah, and it's the statue of like the Joe Star Estate, so it's almost as if you know the Joe. The uh, the legacy of the Joe Stars has finally killed Dio himself, which of course is a lie because, as we know, at the very end, G- Dio is is still very much uh, alive. Yeah, but he's now this like crisp uh, kind of demon. Like it's, he's not the Dio that we've seen in the last, you know. Yeah, first, but you know, D- Dio Dio has vanity, and I can assure you that if if you watch subsequent episodes, Dio is fine. In fact, you know, Dio is fine because of what happens far later on um so yeah let's get a i mean we, we've only covered like two episodes basically so and the next two escalate things even more so let's get the final thoughts on, on phantom blood um is this dio the fan- is an asshole. yeah dio i like i said dio fucking sucks dio is a bastard man um i we, we i talk about jonathan too much we only talk about what jonathan does what, what who is jonathan I feel like say Jonathan's just like a good guy. Like it just says in the way that like Dio is like relentlessly evil. Mm-hmm. John Jonathan is like relentlessly good. Like he's just like a good guy. He's constantly like at one point in the first episode, uh, the bullies that we never see again uh, call him like a snitch. They're like you snitch, uh, and he's like I'm not a snitch. Like you know, it's just like. He's a guy who's like always, always gonna take the punch and fall down. Yeah. Um, and, but and almost in some ways that's boring, but I I kind of liked it. It's like it's a niceness. It's like I like that he's like not a refined guy. Like I like that it's like he's hungry, so he's gonna eat like a slob. Um, and if you find Jonathan boring, um, good news. He's only in the first nine episodes of this whole entire series. Yeah. Phantom Blood is very short. Phantom Blood is short. It was only 44 chapters in the manga. And there's one really cool note. So this... So even though uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure began in 1987 and is still ongoing, and despite the fact that it only debuted a year after Dragon Ball, which of course got an anime adaptation, a very popular one, very, very quickly. Um, yeah, this was this is the first full adaptation of the whole uh, JoJo saga. But there was a movie of Phantom Blood that came out in 2007. It had an incredibly limited release. Um, The author, Araki, absolutely hated it. Uh, There are no DVDs of it. There's only about 20 minutes of footage you can find online. Um, He he, he did what even George Lucas couldn't do. It's the equivalent of the Star Wars holiday special of anime. He just completely eradicated it from existence. But oh. if you watch this footage, like, animation-wise, it's far superior to this. Like, it had a movie budget. It looks really good. It's re- really? That's fascinating. Like, yeah. 
I would never have guessed that that this because like I like obviously uh, it's this one's an interesting property. It sounds like because it's like this game. This has been around for longer than either of us have been alive. Yeah. Um, and yet, like it just started. You know, the fact that it took them, you know, over twenty years to go get a prop, you know, get this adapted is kind of wild. Yeah, and we'll get more into it. There were a couple other adaptations, but we'll get more into that for our final episode. Because again, the the fun of JoJo really is the parts. The fact that any part you listen, I would always say start from the beginning. But if you're watching this and you hate the first three episodes, move on to the next part, and because really it the changes are significant. And Phantom Blood, by all accounts, is the worst part of JoJo. I would say it, the, the second worst part is still far better than this. That's fascinating. But yeah, because when I we got to the next part, I uh, I was shocked by like the time jump. I wasn't sure uh, if yeah if who the characters were anymore. Yet there's <laughs> some characters that are like stay you know seem like they've stayed. Uh, they're still alive who are in uh, kind of in this yeah. first part, but I don't know if that's fully true. I'm making assumptions. Um, so yeah, so, we yeah. should get it. So yeah, let's let's lead into it. I'll play the uh, the song uh, "Bloody Stream," which is the opening song uh, for Battle Tendency Part Two. Music. All right, let's talk about it. Okay. Uh, first of all, uh, right off the bat, I was uh, shocked by the fact that Speedwagon is now an American oil tycoon. Uh, there's the, a lot. The... Of, I will say this: anytime there's a time jump, every single JoJo. Jojo character, uh, whether it's Joseph who we're just introduced to, or really anyone who who continues on in other parts, their profession changes are never what you would expect. Um, these these characters do not have the traditional progression of a shonen protagonist, where they just become mentors or they just become stronger. They 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 really are just interested in fucking off and doing their own thing. Yeah, no, this is like, hey, I'm going to be an, a world elite. Speedwagon's, like, life arc appears to be that of, like, um, you know, like the Hearst or, like, mm. uh, was it, um, who's the guy? Um, the yeah, Citizen Kane or something? The Is Citizen Kane guy. Yeah, like, I feel like, yeah, William Randolph Hearst. It's like, that's his, like his yeah. trajectory and it, it should be important to note that the year is now 1938 we we've we jumped from the night the 1800s to 1938 yeah we're also jumping from like in the like english countryside to like the heart of like what appears to be like new york mm-hmm. uh which is very fascinating also i like the idea of like a british person becoming an american oil tycoon like i like that's like he's not even british anymore and maybe it means like he was never british to begin with but uh i don't know i only only watched four episodes of this yeah exactly um so yes what speedwagon is up to is he's investigating the secret of these uh, stone masks yeah and he's got some he's like with some people and he keeps talking about haman energy so, so Hamon again. This is this is the virtue. This is the limits of this format we have. Even though you did get to watch a bonus episode, so Hamon is the main power concept of these first two parts. Um, Hamon is similar to Key in Dragon Ball, or, or uh, fuck, I uh, m- many many uh, manga shonen manga have power concepts, you know. And Hamon is basically this magic light energy that kills vampires. Okay. 
Okay, see, that's like that makes sense. It's, I kind of picked up on that. I was like, yeah, clearly, because. But then there's like a guy named Strazio who I'm like. Straight so, so that's the other thing. Straz- um, wait, how did you pronounce it? Straight so. He's 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 another not so subtle um, music reference because there's Straight so has a buddy who sadly dies in part one named Dyer, Dyer Dyer and Straight so. Dyer oh Straits. Oh my god. Um. Yeah. Put it- Oh, dude, you have no idea. And I mean, there's characters that we're not even going to mention from Phantom Blood who, who also have not so subtle references. Um, and that's also one of the reasons why I think this was a hard property to adapt and why they avoided it so long. This, this series probably ran into some legal issues um, because in these ones, they actually changed a lot of the names. So the Straits, Dyer and Straitso and Robert E.O. Speedwagon are uh, subtle by comparison to some of the later names that uh, they use, uh, which are a lot more copyright infringing. And that could have been a reason why this wasn't adapted into a full-on series, just because they knew they couldn't really sell it internationally. And the a guy who wrote this wouldn't be like budge on the names, being like, oh, fine, we'll just give them like, a more I mean, traditional also, the, name. the series is also bonkers fucking crazy. <laughs> that is true. This, uh, one thing I did notice, so there, when he's investigating the masks... I when they go they go to this like cave in Mexico and the first that I saw when I saw the shots were like did Ridley Scott steal from Jojo to get that aesthetic like from the movie Prof me uh was it Prometheus Prometheus yeah it is that's a good point I didn't even pick up on that I was like I would not have been surprised if we like found out if we find out in the future it's like yeah like you know, really, Scott watched this. You know, was watching JoJo's bizarre adventure with his kid or grandkid, or, and all of a sudden, like that's what got him. A big manga fan or something. Yeah, maybe he's a manga fan. I mean, he's never done like a manga a- adaptation. No, but, um, uh, Blade Runner is getting a ma- manga adaptation that's been in the works for a million years. Uh, some form, some form of manga, or not manga, some form of anime spinoff. That that makes sense. It's it's a very like American version of this yeah. what I, this world that I'm seeing. So, yeah. Um, so um, this guy straight so who who used to be an ally of Jonathan Joestar, and I I should point this out. Jonathan Joestar does not survive his final confrontation with Dio. Um, spoiler alert for people uh, who are going to watch part one. Um, he dies. He dies. He dies. He dies. Uh, Dio Dio wins. I mean. It's a little more complicated than that. I won't detail the whole thing or else this is going to be a three-hour podcast. But no, uh, Jonathan sacrifices his life. Um, really? Everyone. And, and I think it's important to note that given that everything coming out of this is uh, kind of tied to it. Okay, because that changes some things. So I assumed that the JoJo we meet now was the was him, like an older version of him. But it's a just a different guy all together or is it like his son so given that the title is called new york's jojo no uh this is joseph joestar who is jonathan's grandson grandson so there's another kid in between this that we don't even like uh, he just lives a life he's just like i live juniors yeah george jr doesn't matter too much that's i'm not even gonna spend a second talking about george jr but listen not not every not every um joestar gets to be important in this saga yeah Uh, I, that's a, it's disappointing. I mean, I guess it gives the rooms if in the event that they want to like do a prequel, they can go back and be like, this is the George Jr. 
Yeah, um, again, saga. I don't want to spoil every little detail, but um, let's compare Joseph's introduction compared to Jonathan. Um, Joseph is my favorite JoJo in the entire series, I would say. Okay, yeah, he was good. Like, there's this, like, element to him, uh, which there's a line where, like, he's kind of introduced, and yeah. uh, they go, this six-and-a-half-foot giant Englishman, um, and for me, I'm six-five uh, in real life, yeah. and I felt very seen in that moment. I was like, ah, yeah. <laughs> I could, like, I was like, no, you never hear, you don't hear uh, at all in, in any, like, fiction, anyone ever being called six and uh and a half so let's even rewind a bit we're introduced to this uh black pick african-american pickpocket Smokey brown who uh who who steals off of uh joseph and is then accosted by police in an alley yeah that's the other thing that the line that's uttered is like this like confrontation yes smoke his last name's brown because i knew his name was Smokey. um smoky and and his his depiction his depiction in the manga is far more uh racist than this one they're Uh, more nicer with the features of it's pretty yeah it's pretty dicey here it's like oh boy a a Um, black character who was immediately introduced to pickpocket somebody yeah, well, I wasn't sure if that was like a like a son of this JoJo or like they were like yeah like it was hard that was hard because there's like a relationship but now it it really does feel like oh it was a, some sort of, it's a mentorship we could get into that later but mm-hmm. yes yeah, Smokey his name's Smokey Brown Smokey Brown and that's his real so, name so is that like he that. I'm assuming if with if we're going with the our like Robert E.O. Speedwagon. I think it's probably close to Smokey Robinson. I, I'd like to think he's that nice and Well, like, I was thinking is that they take like Smokey Robinson, like like that first name and then like James Brown and then he was just like be. ah I, I would Brown. like to think it's that instead of just the fact that the the character is African American. <laughs> I th- I have to assume this is a uh I'm I'm gonna I just I hope it's not racist. So if it's in the sake of it not being it came racist, came from a place of love. Um, let's just say, does love his music references. To be fair, yeah, he must love Smokey Robinson. So yeah, and, uh, and so, no one gives enough love to Smokey Robinson. I feel like he's always kind of left out of conversations of like great musicians of his era. Is I'm trying to I'm also googling if Smokey Robinson's still alive, and he is. He oh, is. he is. He is alive. So, so, so Smokey is accosted by these two corrupt cops. And uh, thankfully he has a guardian angel because the person he pickpocketed off of is Joseph Joestar, who is just a, the opposite of Jonathan in every conceivable way. Yeah. So like this Joe, uh, wait, what, Joseph? Yeah. Joseph, Joseph. Joe. Yeah. He's again, six feet, like six foot five. He's jacked. Like he knows how to fight. Nineteen, know- year, nineteen years old of muscle. Nineteen-year-old muscle man. He's built like a first overall NFL pick. That's like how I would describe him. Like he's like a guy who's like he's built like he should be uh, a big-time athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, he's also like very anti-cop. He's like he doesn't like these cops. And they're like to be fair, in this conf- like there's a confrontation between like the cops and uh, JoJo. And smoking in the um, in this alley, and the cop, this one gross fat cop. Oh yeah, he, picks, he gives him a what is it? He, what's the bugger move called? He picks his nose and then uh, wipes it on JoJo's face, and he calls it a New York pokey. 
I love I love the use of language in these in this stuff. The the attempts at old timey language. I'm not sure if Iraqi did a lot of research, but whatever he's done, he's there. He's, I I'm gonna say this. That is definitely not old timey language. It seems it's new and it's that it was so gross. Also, like what's so funny now is like if you were to say like a New York pokey now, people would be like, oh man, it's like you know, it's like a you know one of those pokey bowls where it's like we got some salmon and or something. Um, so Fox, yeah, cream so, cheese. But the way um, Joseph uh, decides to fight this cop off is quite interesting, though, because he does use the power of Hamon. So we know he's powerful, despite not being introduced to any sense of training. We can only assume, viewers who have seen the entire series up to now can assume he's just inherited his grandfather's abilities. And yeah, he breaks, he breaks this cop's finger off of by uh, shaking oh. a Coke bottle. Yeah, that was crazy. There, every, all the cops seem to have their fingers broken. Like it's like, and I'm gonna be honest. I that gets me so squeamish. Like anytime fingers are broken in okay. like, in like film and TV. Like I just, and this was no exception. I was like, oh my god. Well, I think I think that first fight scene though definitely shows you how different he is from Jonathan because where Jonathan was mostly just kind of a brute, even if he was a gentleman, uh, we instantly know that Joseph is some is pretty clever. He use he does not go for the most conventional ways of uh, defeating people. No, not at all. And uh, uh, which I, I like. I like the creativity of the fights. Like I think like that's when you know when it's like oh, there's more thought being put into this than like another like say yeah, action even, thing. Even is, if it is, is silly, what... it, it clearly is self-aware to an extent. I don't think everything lands. I don't think everything is by intent. But certainly, Joseph's tricks are definitely you're. you're even though he says he has a plan all the time, you kind of know he's bullshitting. And I think that's, that comes across well. Yeah. And then like after oh. this fight and the f- cop's fingers are broken, it flashes to part two. And oh, that I got, I got to pause. My sister's calling me. Uh, pause. Resume recording. So you were saying, Oh, I was going to say, so then um, after the cop's fingers are broken and like the fight's over, uh, it just flashes like to a screen that says part two. That, that shocked me because I have, like, as I said, I had no idea that this was split up into parts. So when I saw that it was part two, I was like, wait a minute, w- what does that mean? Like, I, what? So I assume what I was watching before was part one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I assumed correctly. You assume correctly, yes. Because, like, we don't watch these episodes together. So I don't, yeah. like, and we do have not your commentary. And I, and, I, and I don't, and I feel as that's part of the fun being like, Oh, discovering the fact that, oh, this entire series is, yeah, it's not a linear thing. It's not Dragon Ball. It's not the story of Goku. This is a generational story. And this is, and again, I could have just easily picked three episodes from part one, three episodes from part two or whatever, but I feel the variety in Jojo is why it's so awesome. Yeah. And so I like that. Um, And then like, yeah, we, we flash back to like the Prometheus uh, room or whatever and we see there's like a man and it's like he's in stone or if it's like we don't know if it's like he's in stone or he's um i guess it's a carving like a statue mm-hmm. and then i think it's uh uh stasio strazio i'm pronouncing Straizio. that name Straizio. Straizio. Yeah, I think musical references when these people are referred <laughs> Strazo, he goes he looks at him and he's like that man it's alive he has amino acids, proteins, and cells. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> He's alive. Yeah. Uh, and 
And so, yeah, Straight, Straight So is a character who, again, he was one of uh, Jonathan's allies. We now know he is obviously evil. And also, Straight So actually introduces us to a concept, which is that Hamon energy, those who master it, can appear young still. Because that's what Robert says when he first meets Straight So in this episode. Yeah. And then, uh, then another huge shocking twist occurs. Um, and that's uh, Strazo uh, kills Speedwagon. Well, well, maybe maybe Speedwagon might still be around. Speedwagon. Well, it, it appears that way. He he takes a shot at Speedwagon. I, I don't want people to get bummed if they don't think there's a lot of Speedwagon. No, I can assure you, folks, for those interested in watching part two, there is plenty of Speedwagon in this series, especially in part two. Yeah, or like at least he's. That's the thing where it's just there's like because. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm looking at my notes, and one thing I wrote down, and maybe you can uh, help me with, is uh, JoJo kills Pilot for no reason, or is he asleep? <laughs> that that and that one, I had to watch the episode twice to realize that was a flashback. Because again, with anime aging, it's not quite clear that he's like 12 years old in this flashback. Um, there is a really cool Easter egg I did pick up wa- uh, watching it though, because the manga that Joseph is reading on this plane high hijacked plane flashback is uh the manga bow bow the magnificent which is what uh araki wrote previously this was the series he wrote right before jojo so that's a nice Uh, little easter egg so so there is yeah that is a flashback because and then the killing happens i'm skipping ahead i'm skipping um and then i wrote down those damn masks (laughs) they're killing everybody um yeah because that's what really what uh uh, Strazio wants he wants those masks he wants that he mask but yeah this um, this fight scene is basically yet another example of just showcasing the cleverness of, of Joseph uh, yeah and then like uh, the other question I had is so then we got a flashback to New York and we see Jojo uh, with uh, Granny Arena is, there, is that the same arena? that's the same arena that is the same oh. arena Okay, because that was like, because also uh, when I watched this episode, I'd only watched episode three. Yeah, I watched the first. Oh yeah, and Arena's not present in that. Or well, no, she is, but no, Arena's in four because I just watched four right before we met today. Yeah, so Arena's not in episode three, so I actually had no idea who she was. (laughs) And now that like knowing that like JoJo, the JoJo of the part one of uh, is dead, uh, it, it makes it sad that she's around. But it doesn't matter because it's like it's her. You've got JoJo the grandkid, uh, and then you got Smokey. Mm-hmm. And, um, and Arena has a lot of authority over uh, Joseph because Joseph, that uh, during his confrontation with the cops, he's like, "Oh my God, Granny's going to be so mad at me." And uh, Smokey is like, "Wait, this guy who just beat up a bunch of cops is afraid of his grandma?" Yeah, I mean that's all. And then there's also like a joke there in this car, and like. Um, Jojo's like you and Speedwagon should like get together and she gets really mad at that and then I was like actually I'm pretty down for that especially now knowing that Jojo her Jojo uh, is dead I'm like there's mm-hmm. no reason they shouldn't be together but you also said that the it's implied that Speedwagon is gay so now that ship makes it is awkward mm-hmm. so thus may, well. they are maybe uh, best friends <laughs> Um, so yeah, 
so let's get let's kind of speed ahead um, because we still have one more episode to cover. Let's speed ahead to the final major confrontation in this episode, which is the confrontation between what is it like a mobster eating dinner in a restaurant? Yeah, yeah. So there's like a a classic New York diner where like there's like the mobster and it's like he there's um he yeah they're like in this fancy restaurant and like there's what i described this mobster as is i called him the fat joker because he has like green hair he's got like kind of like over like almost his lips are like red but they like looks like he's wearing lipstick that are like that's like beyond his uh lips uh he talks with um uh just mouthful of spaghetti mm-hmm. and then uh there's and then there's like a confrontation between like him and Smokey. Uh, I assume it's race related at this point because if we're in the 30s and like they're, they're all pretty racist. Yeah, it's this a race. This is a race character, and at least JoJo stands up for Smokey. Uh, and then in this fight sequence, uh, this fat Joker he takes out his uh, um, this fat Joker. Uh, he takes out brass knuckles. They fight. His hair color changes in the middle of the fight. He goes from having green hair to pink hair. Uh, and that's never addressed. I don't know if it's just like, well, when so I get angry, my hair changes. So that's just a function of JoJo style. Um, as far as the manga and just like colors work in general, there there are no default colors at all. Anything can be any color. That's just kind of how Iraqi likes to do things. And so they kept that, which is why, like, when things change color, it's not just a change of lighting. It really is just a stylistic thing that's kind of part of part of JoJo. Okay. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, it's, just, it's, it's a stylistic choice. Yeah, it's a stylistic choice. Do I like it? Uh, I'm, I'm a fan of continuity. And, uh, <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> anyways, and yeah, so then there's, like, this fight. Uh, Jojo obviously handily beats Fat Joker even with the brass knuckles. He like mocks him before the fight where he's like, I can see that you use brass knuckles. Like you're like, you're, I can tell by your like, you know, basically your fingers that you use this for a cheat. So this is what I love about Joseph, his, his constant bullshitting. And he always likes to tell people, he's like, I, and you're going to say this. And then they say it. Yeah. I like that. That's a fun, that's like, that's fun. And it's recurring throughout, it's recurring throughout part two. And even later on, um, it's it's his catchphrase, basically. Yes. And then, um, you know, he beats them. Then they, they're delivered the news of, like, uh, Speedwagon's potential death or demise. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all so sad. So then they end up going to another diner. And uh, there's a real weird joke about uh, breast uh, size surgery. Um Oh, I didn't like, that yeah, there's like, um, they're reading like a magazine and there's like, what, you can take a, you know, a B cup and turn it into a C cup, you know? And I was like, it felt very out of place. Like, it's just like, and like, it's funny to like go from one restaurant scene mm-hmm. to like a, another like diner scene. Uh, and then there's like a, they're attacked by vampires. Yeah. And, and uh, Jojo manages to take out what i can only uh describe as a tommy gun yep it's a tommy gun and he just goes he just goes wild and that's basically how the episode ends and blasts them i love that scene i'm i'm a sucker for a good tommy gun scene uh i mm. think that's a very underrated gun i wish the uh, more f- modern films used them i wish uh like gangster movies used them 
Uh, and then like, so that was fun. And then also at the very end, there's like that, like, um, uh, the music in it. Is that like a, uh, a meme? that's a real song. It's roundabout. That roundabout. Okay. Cause I feel like I see, I hear that song in like YouTube videos where like, they stop and it's like, dun, dun, it's like a heavy oh, that's a, So that's yet another Jojo meme. That's another Jojo meme that you've seen. You didn't even know it was a Jojo meme. I had no idea it was a JoJo. So I've, I've seen the one where it's like Avengers Endgame where Thanos has the Infinity Gauntlet and they play this song. And just for the um, the sake of it, I'm just going to uh, play this for you, dear listener. Um, but yeah, Roundabout is a constant meme. Wherever there's like a cliffhanger moment, you put on the song Roundabout. Makes sense. Sure. Uh, as as much sense as, you know, you, you thought your first kiss would be me, but it was with me, Dio. Or yeah. no, you thought your first kiss would be with Jojo, but it was I, Dio. Um, so yeah, J- Joseph Joestar, final thoughts on this character? I, li- I like him a lot more than the... Uh the first one i like him more than jonathan i think he just has a little bit more going on there's like a little bit more of a cool factor uh i like that he's so a little more snarky he's got a little bit more depth the first one's so righteous right mm-hmm. that like this one is not yeah and, and joseph this is without a doubt the most jojo driven part of the series um a lot of it is driven by joseph's antics and his growth as a character and uh, the part we get into, part three, is when this theory started to shift. It shifted in a lot of major ways, but one of them was how it became more supporting cast focused rather than JoJo focused. Um, so let's. Yeah, it oh. seems like a yeah, it becomes more of an ensemble. Mm-hmm. Where the where the JoJo character is maybe not the least interesting character, but certainly not among the most interesting, and that's by design. Uh, so let's lead into that opening song, that opening song uh, called Stand Proud, which is the opening to JoJo Part 3. Music. Hold on, can we just do a second? I just need to get some water. My voice. Oh, is no low. worries, man. I can just pause the recording, too. So let's get into... Uh, so the way Netflix has basically formatted this is Season 1 contains both Parts 1 and 2 of JoJo, Season two is entirely part three, Stardust Crusaders. And this first episode is entitled, A Man Possessed by an Evil Spirit. Yeah. um, I think this episode is actually really cool. I've always struggled to explain the power concept that that defines the rest of JoJo. So so that's that's one thing to talk about right away. Um, The concept of Hamon, which is developed for those first 26 episodes of JoJo, is completely abandoned as of now. We, we no longer ca- care about Hamon. It will, it will be barely referenced in just maybe one or two fights. But otherwise, we are now dealing with a new power concept. Uh, and let's get into to how that concept is introduced. Yeah, so, okay, that's... First of all, I didn't know that. And that is... I mean, I, I didn't... There's a couple of things I didn't know. I didn't know that Hamon was so important. And then I also yeah, didn't I mean, realize... But Hamon... The premieres, of course, you know, so... Then I also was, uh, I guess it's so unimportant that they can just abandon it. 
yeah, so this one it just like starts off with like a, uh, again kind of a similar cold open to um, there's like no cold open in the second one that's um, is it like heavily plot related this mm-hmm. uh, this cold open is just like some fishermen they're in like a fishing boat they find this uh, casket that's like sealed shut um, and uh, they like pry it open and guess what the casket. It contained Dio, that rat bastard's back. And and his his uh, name is all in caps now, and that's how he's referred to, and that's the spelling. Because we didn't get to the fact that um, you would think, I assume that Dio was named after Ronnie James Dio, given all the musical references in the show. Um, but that's actually not the case. Um, Dio is Italian for the word God. It's called, oh... That makes sense, because um, yeah, he definitely kind of acts as if he's a and god. And those are his man. aspirations, and certainly his aspiration in part three. This one's called the Stardust Crusaders, and I wasn't sure what that meant. They don't really explain why it is. It's kind of a cool title, but I wasn't sure if it's like... Yeah, it gets anymore. more properly explained in like episode three, when, when the gang fully assembles. Um, I assume like there, it's a gang... That's going to go and finally defeat Dio. Yeah, so so let's even just slow down a bit. So we uh, we now get to see a new JoJo, yet another new JoJo, but this one is a Japanese JoJo. Yeah, so, well, uh, he he said it's like uh, this is how they describe him, at least in the version I watched. They go Jotaro Kujo, height 195 centimeters. Uh, dad's a jazz musician. Mother American with British accent. Um, or I guess that's how I read it. It was actually of descent. Uh, but I was like, immediately I was like, oh, she has a British accent. No, she's uh, she's just American-born, but with... Uh, British ancestry? A, yeah, British ancestry. Because her, and, because her father is old Joseph Joestar. Yes, and now the, the show is set in 1987, so we've now jumped in time again. Mm-hmm. Um. There's, um, I feel like the animation style here leveled up. Like I feel like we yeah. there's a little bit more of a budget, or the uh, like the animators are like this is the stuff we actually wanted to do. We had to get through part one, yeah, and even some of part two. Part, part two three. definitely is a step up, but this is certainly where it become it. Uh, yeah, it definitely feels more of its own, and also because whereas parts one and two only comprise twenty six episodes total. Uh, Stardust Crusaders is 48 episodes. It's 48? Okay. 48 episodes. Okay, so like, uh, and then like Jotaro, when we meet him, he's, uh, basically he's like shotgunning a beer in a prison cell, and he's saying that like he's got this evil spirit, and the evil spirit, um, it brings him things. It brings him things, it like, it's controlling, but he's so scared of it that he has to be locked away. Mm-hmm. And I do really like, again, these, those first couple episodes we've watched, they didn't introduce the concept of power, uh, power concept of ham on a ton. But this one is entirely focused on the mystery of stands, which is what uh, Jojo's power is called. Is yeah, I did notice that. They're like, oh, I've got my stand. And I was like, wait, when did, the, when did this become a thing? Like, yeah. this could be an entirely different a different show like this could have like it's kind of interesting because almost you can almost feel like iraqi could have just canceled this series and apparently it was struggling throughout its run early on at least in terms of uh 
the Shonen Jump surveys because because Shonen Jump being a, a manga mag- magazine, a lot of the decisions the editors make were based on surveys, especially in like, you know, like 1980s, you know. So it was all reader yeah. surveys that kind of determined this because it wasn't like Iron Man or Captain America where it's like, oh yeah, the, uh, the Iron Man comics aren't selling, we should change it or we should cancel it. You know, everyone was still buying the same book. They were just buying Shonen Jump but it was being determined by reader surveys to see which titles we should keep into circulation. Yeah. And so like, um, that makes, I guess that makes sense. Um, but I'm at the same time, I'm like, Oh yeah, this could have been, he could have ended Jojo's bizarre adventure. And then like, been like, here's a new story about people with stance. But I kind of like that. Like you get, uh, an adult, uh, Jonathan, um, or, or, an adult, ad- or j- adult Joseph or, Wait, which wait? Joseph oh, sorry. Sorry, man. Joseph. Uh, there's again the J so names are are ridiculous. Like the only the I'm just surprised that they didn't do like uh, they didn't spell George with like J O R G E. Like I would have thought that would have been. And it, uh, it gets funny. even more confusing when you get into the rebooted timeline that's defined the last two parts, which we yeah. we won't even touch. But so, could, yeah, there's a lot of repetition in this series. So, uh, yeah, so um, Joseph, that's the right one? Yeah, let's call him Old Joseph. That's kind of how the fandom refers to this version of Joseph. Old Joseph. Okay, so Old Joseph, he comes to the airport, and his daughter, who's a 40 or 5-year-old woman... Which is not at 45. Uh, This is another example of anime aging. I would expect maybe... I mean, she acts like she's 23. She's younger than her own son. Yeah, she does, and she like goes and she tickles her dad, and the dad gets angry because he's like, ah, ha, 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 ha. Yeah. and um, and in the airport, like it just like happens this in an airport, and then she immediately goes like, "You've got to help my son. He's in prison. Like he's got like the evil spirit." So, um, old Joe, um, he's uh, he goes. He has like a manservant with him whose name I don't have. I don't know. Um, but he also has a, a some sort of artificial arm. Yeah, so that, that again, that's what happens when we jump through time. But um, you know, uh, Joseph does lose his his hand at one point in the series. Okay. And similar to Genos from One Punch Man, his hand constantly uh, undergoes abuse, including in this episode. Yeah, and. Um... Yeah, they go back to the prison, and, like, the guards are kind of making fun of them. They're like, you can just leave, and, like, there's some other... It turns out there's, like, other prisoners who are in there, yeah. and they're like, this guy, we, this guy is so scared, please let us out. We will never commit any crimes. We will never... And they're just like, ha, 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 like, but this guy needs to go. Mm-hmm. And uh, then he comes in, um, and, like, yeah, it's, you know, it turns out really that uh, Jotaro... I said his name right. Yeah, uh, Jotaro. 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 Um, he's just scared. He's just scared of this, um, of this thing he has. The but even though he's, but even though he's scared, we don't consider him fearful because Jotaro is certainly the most intimidating JoJo we've seen. He, he's wearing like a traditional um, Japanese uh, school kid uniform because Joseph is like seventeen or eighteen, despite looking <laughs> looking like he's in his forties or thirties or something. Yeah, that continues this thing of like, you know, what should be like teenagers 
being like adults and then, I, I feel, and then children I feel, are teenagers. I feel Joseph is the only character who uh who was correctly animated as his age because even though he's jacked as hell, he certainly acts like a nineteen year old. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a very fair assessment. Um, but no, so Jotaro is like this more intimidating figure. And in my notes I do go into um how Iraqi he felt that Clint Eastwood at the time was like the best version of what a hero should be. And so he modeled uh, Jotaro after Clint Eastwood. Jotaro is not Joseph, old Joseph. Uh, Jotaro is the, the, the young lad, the young lad. No, I know. I just, that is a shocking revelation. He's modeled after because, Clint Eastwood. Because of the fact that like so many times, so we like, uh, you know, uh, the manservant gets Jotaro uh, out of the cell and then they like go to a restaurant and there's this like whole thing where like Jotaro just keeps calling his mom a bitch. You're like, yeah, you're so Jotaro annoying, you very bitch. Misogynistic. They're like, you bitch. You're like, and you're like, what? Like it happens multiple times. Where it's like, you, it's like basically like you fucking bitch. What the fuck? And then like, and we're not exaggerating. Jotaro. He literally talks like that. He literally. And so like, that's such a non Clint Eastwood thing to do. I never feel like he's been a guy who's like been talking to women in those movies like that. I feel like he's such a, I don't know, asexual actor in some ways. Yeah, you, I can't even remember really any Clint Eastwood romances or any ones that I specifically the, remember. The only Clint Eastwood romance film that I think I've ever seen, and I think it might be the only one that exists, is like The Bridges of Madison County. I remember watching that with my mom when I was like a kid. Uh, and that's not a movie a kid should watch. It's like just like kind of like a drama where Meryl Streep and Clint Eastwood have a romance. It's very weird, but... Um, uh, but so, the fact that, like, yeah, again, you said he's modeled after Clint You can kind of see it in his jawline and stuff. Um, I guess physically. Yeah, physically he was modeled after him. And he is, like, <sighs> he's attempted to be a strong, silent type. Although right now he comes across as just, he's not as bad as Dio. He's, he, he, he does not commit any evil acts. But he certainly, um, he's got a bit of a, an edge to himself. So are Stan's ghosts? I assume that's what they are. So... Thank God I read that book that Iraqi wrote because stands are one of the things that I've always struggled to explain to people. Um, stands are the physical representation of a character's supernatural abilities. That's how he describes them. So his supernatural ability is that he just gets a bun- He gets things that he wants. Well, he gets things that he wants, and he also punches shit really fucking hard. Yeah, but he's not as good as One Punch Man. No, he's not that. Uh, he's not. He's not One Punch Man. But yeah, so we, so let's go back to the prison thing. So um, yeah, old Joseph has his manservant, uh, Muhammad Abdal, um, who also it seems to be, you know, who is well aware of what stands are. And their, ba- their goal is to basically coax uh, Jotaro out of his cell. He doesn't want to come out. He's like, there's an evil spirit. Oh, and then on top of that, we get a great um, visual where he, he takes a gun and shoots himself in the head only for his evil spirit to catch the bullets. Yeah, that was cool. I did like that. I was like, oh, this is new. It's different. It's exciting. Yeah, and I think this episode does like do a pretty decent job of explaining what stands are. Like as far as things go, you kinda you're not given all the rules, and certainly part three especially breaks so many goddamn rules because Iraqi is clearly just figuring out what stands are as we're going along. Um but I think like, this first episode is actually pretty decent at giving you an idea. Yeah. And then, like, again, like, it can, this definitely feels different from the, 
other three episodes I've watched where it's like this could have easily been its own story. Like it could have easily been like a new, <clears throat> like didn't have to necessarily be in the same world. Mm-hmm. But I like yeah, but I like that it's kind of like tying things together in a contrasting. So so we get a reveal where Muhammad reveals that he also has a stand, and his stand is called Magician's Red, which its representation is like this like red chicken creature. Yeah, I, like I said in my notes that he has like a bird head. He's like represented by fire and he's got a ripped body. It's like a bird's head with a ripped human body. And so this is another interesting rule that is established and actually continues forward into the series, which is the effects of a stand can be felt. So basically, people only people who have stands can see stands. But anyone else, they can't see a stand, but they can still be affected by the stand's abilities. So everyone can feel hot when Magician's Red is doing its whole fire thing. It's like kind of trying to choke uh, Joe Taro out and make him come out of the cell by making him, you know, so hot. But everyone else feels those flames, whether they can see that power or not. Which means, that, like, did those other prisoners die in that cell? Uh, no, I, I think I think Magician's Red's abilities were restricted to just um, Joe Taro. And clearly everyone just felt hot. He wasn't trying to really kill him. He was just trying to coax him out of his cell to egg him on. Yeah, that, I mean, that's what I was hoping. I didn't want those prisoners to die. Yeah, we don't know what crimes they committed. They could have just been minor drug offenders. I mean, I mean they're in a holding cell, and the crime that, like... Um, yeah, holding cell is just like public intoxication or something. That, yeah, that Joe Taro has is that it's like... Um, like he's like seems like he's like beat up some people. There's a line where it's like balls were crushed. Um, so I wasn't sure. I feel like Jutaro um, crushed some balls at some. Point. Yeah, with, with not sexually with his stand with his stand, which is referred to as Star Platinum. So, anyways, you know they have this cool little confrontation. It's not what you call a full fight scene, but you know Magician's Red does its ability enough to to get uh, Joe Taro to basically use his stand to open the prison bars up and try to beat him up effectively. And he actually tries, almost tries to stab him with one of the prison bars. Yeah, but uh, instead... Um, instead, Abdul just smirks and is like, ha-ha, ha-ha, you did exactly what I wanted to. Yeah, which is he got out of the cell. Yeah, they, they accomplished their goal. They coaxed Joe Taro out. Uh, and but, uh, when this is also happening, like, uh, JoJo's daughter... Uh, is told, like, be a good girl and stay quiet when this is all happening. Like, it's just, like, by old uh, Joseph. Which, yeah. again, was weirdly sexist. It's just, like, what? Like, the, I like, mean, this... it's, it's 1987, and, you know. I yeah. Think, I, think, I think Joseph means well. I think Joseph... Well, other than the fact that he was friends with a Nazi in part two. That's... That, oh, what? Yeah, that's, yeah, so um, one of... You didn't get to meet too much of the supporting cast in part two, but one of uh, Joseph's uh, companions who he meets along the way is a uh, German military man in 1938, which which only means one thing. Jesus um, Christ. He's, a, he's a, a man named Johann von Stroheim, who also becomes a cyborg later on in part two. I don't even consider it a spoiler. I consider it um, a way to motivate people to watch that. Um, once again, this is a bizarre adventure. I mean, it's really living up to its title. It's, and you know what? It's not like they knew all about the concentration camps in 1938 or anything. I, I, think, I think Joseph was just trying to recruit as much help as he could. No, they were, just, they were still basking in the glow of the Great War. 
Yeah, but they um, lost. There, there were plenty of people. John F. Kennedy's uh, father was was also, you know, he, he wasn't an interventionist by any means. No, unfortunately. Um, uh, yeah, so who, who knows what Joseph's views are. <laughs> but um, yeah, but I mean, afterwards, like, they go to this restaurant. They go to this uh, restaurant, and this is where we actually finally get an idea of the plot. I think this this episode, more than any episode, gives you a better idea of what this series what this part is going to be about yeah also can i just say so the restaurant's name is coffee and wine and like i've been to tokyo before and this is set opening in japan yeah um i may i assume it's in tokyo but i could be wrong i don't want to make any assumptions but that's a very like japanese restaurant name it's like oh so, that, oh so that is accurate eh? it felt very accurate i was like oh that's like i've you know uh i like that i wish more restaurants in like Canada, uh, which is where mm. we live and record, we're like that. But uh, I don't know. It was just a, it was a nice little nod to, that I noticed. I was like, oh, that's fun. So so yes. Yeah, so old Joseph brings news, very dire news, which is that Dio has been resurrected. Yeah, which is uh, interesting because none of these characters have had really any interaction with him. I assume, especially yeah, Dio supposedly dies in his confrontation with Jonathan at the end of part one. But of course, you know, um, he is an immortal vampire man. Yeah, who's been in the sea for the last hundred yeah. plus years. And also another big detail, which is that Dio has taken over Jonathan's body. Yeah, so like, is it like a constant fight? Like, I, that was the one thing I wasn't sure about, where it's like, was he like, is this not old... Uh, Wait, Jonathan's body. Yeah, he's taken over... Oh, who did I say? You said Jonathan. Yeah, so he, he's taken over Jonathan's body. Um, and I, you kind of get an idea of how he could do that in part one. But again, things escalate so much. Where we'd be here for another 40 minutes just explaining how that could happen. So, but what he has done, he's taken over Jonathan's body. And we also know a new detail, which I can only assume is bullshit, that Araki just introduced, which is that every Joe star has a star on their shoulder on their show. Yeah. They have this birthmark that they all share and that's so stupid and it's so like wait, like if this was like one of those plays where it's like okay, and then in part 3 I'll introduce like that's what they got their name. They all have this star. I really want to examine me... every every single example of when a character turns their back in a shirtless now. I just want to go by every frame to see if they included that star or not. Oh yeah, like if this was definitely one of those like we'll just add this now like like um but but speaking of that, I will say this: as as much as JoJo can feel very bullshitty, but it, when I read the book, he did intend for this to be a trilogy. Basically, he intended for the he intended for these three parts to be a thing. That okay. And then he escalated it and did more. But he always did intend this to be a generational saga that involved fighting Dio one hundred years later. That makes sense. I do like that. I like I do like the idea of it like being this kind of epic story where like yeah, there are characters that you know, kind of outlive that time span. And and yeah, there is a generational hook. I mean, you see characters from one generation to the next. You see Speedwagon and Arena who make it into part two. And you see old Joseph who makes it into part three. So there is like a, and of course Dio. So does old Joseph have a stand as well? Because he has this thing with the cameras where he has to pay, uh, what what does he say? He says he pays 30,000 yen per camera 
because it, he has a spear that takes photos. And, and I, I laugh so strange. hard because I'm like, wait, is that just a joke that's going to be used once? But um, if you want to get more specific, uh, Hermit Purple, which is his stand, is um, the power is divination, basically. He can use like TV sets as well and other things to kind of find the locations of, uh, of objects they're looking for. And also there's like a vine attached to it, which he sometimes uses to uh, vine whip things or go cross paths or something like that so there are there are uses of hermit purple and also it does establish something really important which is that we were introduced to two stands which are physical manifestations or basically glorified pokemon if you want to call them that yeah one stand which is more of an item or something or something like something like that an ability it's not yeah so i actually think that is a clever clever thing that establishes in this first episode yeah, because now there's new rules, and the rules are not super clear, but at least they are there. And mm-hmm. yeah, like as I said, it, it ends with the uh, reveal that Dio, yeah, has the birthmark too because he's possessed a Joestar. Yeah, and again, this is this is just one episode of a 48 episode saga. We have yet to be introduced to um, two major characters who are in the first half, and then. Um, a French bulldog named Iggy, who is also a stand user that gets introduced into the second half. Dogs uh, can have stands? Animals can have stands. There is a, there is a, there is a episode where Iggy, the French bulldog, who has a stand, fights against um, like an eagle or some sort of buzzard who also has a stand. And it's actually one of the most brutal things. Oh, man. Oh, that's it, interesting. I like yeah. that. I like that. Because usually like the animal world when it comes to supernatural stuff is like ah, animals are just animals they don't get no animals can have stands actually now that i think about it there actually are quite a few uh animal stand battles throughout the series does danny ever come back does he you know danny oh man if only danny was revealed to be a stand himself wouldn't that be a twist if danny was a stand all along Imagine that being in the final episode where like Danny and he's he's had the stand. Maybe, and... maybe Danny was Jonathan's stand and all Dio did was kick a kick a well actually no, Danny can't be a stand because people can't people non stand users can't see stands. Yeah. It so... gets so complicated. Unless who knows, maybe the whole Joe Star estate was filled with stand users. I I just wanted Danny to be alive, but I don't think that's no. the case. Um but I will say Iggy is far better. Iggy is awesome. Iggy the French Bulldog. But yeah, so final thoughts on Jotaro. He's our final Jojo we're introduced to. I think he's like, he's more going towards the Dio territory of like, he's a little bit of like this, like, he's not a good guy, but he's not like a terrible guy. He has never done it. He hasn't done anything evil because the fact that he's like, lock me up. I've got this terrible spirit. This he's a bit evil of an spirit. anti-hero. He's a bit of yeah. an anti-hero. And he doesn't he, really do anything immoral throughout the series. He, he generally does the right thing other than his rampant misogyny. Yeah, I mean, that's the one thing I was like, man, I don't love the fact that he keeps calling his mom a bitch. But I'm like, yeah. at least he's not like, at least that can be reformed. Hopefully. And I will say this, um, Jotaro, who does appear the most throughout the series, he he does beat old Joseph for most appearances throughout the parts, does get a bit of a reformation arc. So that's good. I I do like that. And like, again, he is like, he also is kind of acting like a teenager because it's kind of a teenager thing. Like, I mean, I wouldn't say calling your mom a bitch is the nicest thing to do, but there's certainly plenty of teenagers who are assholes. It's just he also looks like he's 45. 
That's true because he's apparently supposed to look like Clint Eastwood, which is crazy. Yeah, I would. Teen Clint Eastwood is such a crazy concept when you say it out loud. Teen Clint, I mean, well, and way more jacked. But that's just the art style too. And actually, that's part three is when is the final part where the art style is more big people because in part four and throughout Iraqi decided to go for more slender, slender, more feminine body types. Interesting. Um, we'll be here for way too much longer if I even say a word about part four. Oh, but but one important thing to know is that, like I've said, part three is the most iconic. It is the part where, like in like video games, they always pick JoJo to be the uh, JoTaro to be the JoJo rep. And actually, part three was adapted into um, an anime series in the '90s. But what they did was they only adapted the second half. Oh. <laughs> and there were only six episodes. Um, the studio APP did it and then yeah they didn't even do the opening it just starts at the second half where we're introduced to Iggy the French bulldog who is also a stand user and then goes all the way to the final confrontation of Dio it's, it is well animated um, there is this one weird coloration issue where um, old Joseph and another character who both have gray hair now have blonde hair um, but it actually had a higher animation budget than this, although it looks very 90s, so your mileage may vary on how you think it looks. That's interesting. I would never have thought of that. But again, if there's also another, this like lost movie, like this seems to like... Yeah, and this thing, you can actually, you can actually watch this entire adaptation of Stardust Crusaders on YouTube for free. Um, you can watch the entire thing. Do you think, do you think this, uh, that free version's better than... Uh, no, the, I, th I think this, this version is still better, although there's pacing issues because... So what they actually did was they eventually adapted the first half, but they did that in 2002, so it has a different art style as well. But That's so weird. It's so fucking weird. Um, yeah. I would say the best animated version is the 90s one. Again, it's just because of the way that... If it got like a Blu-ray transfer, I'm sure it would look fantastic. But in terms of the animation itself, of all the movements... Um, yeah, the final confrontation of Dio is certainly some is really interesting to compare it to what this show did, and also it was animated by uh, Satoshi Kon, who uh, directed those final episodes, who was a fantastic animator. So it has this like weird thing of credibility to it. It would be like getting it would be like Miyazaki adapting Dragon Ball, you know? Yeah, it's just like this animator who basically never really did any traditional shonen stuff ended up doing this as like an early gig. Okay. Um, so yeah, that's, that's Stardust Crusaders. But it's important to note that Stardust Crusaders also takes the uh, structure of a road trip. Uh, it's 48 episodes of these characters and these two other people they meet pretty early on, of them traveling throughout the Middle East to, to get to Dio, who's in uh, Cairo. They, wait, they go to, into the Middle East? They go to... Oh, yeah. I guess this... Yeah, there's still two more episodes you have, to, so... you have to watch to understand that part of the premise. You know that they have to fight Dio. Well, that's okay. That's a lot. All right, that's interesting. Again, well, I have... it's a road trip format, but I really do want to get this one good note that I did write, and I'm really proud of it uh, that I got from the book, which was, and we'll see this in the next show we cover. One of the most popular tropes of anime, and especially shonen anime, is the tournament arc, where just like a character goes to a tournament, and him and his friends they all fight in the tournament, and you just have 20 episodes straight of fighting. And it's awesome. The character does the tournament. They become the strongest. They get some new abilities. And Iraqi was actually told, due to the due to the flailing success of JoJo, all right, do a tournament arc for part three. And he said no. <laughs> um, 
He said no. Uh, and he said this, but because Jojo is a series about passing from one generation to the next, he felt that if jo- Jotaro climbed to the top in a tournament, what would there be for the next generation to do? Instead, he decided to go for a road trip arc, where each step forward is met with an enemy to fight. Tournament arcs also have a gradual increase in more powerful opponents, but with this journey style, it let Araki go for opponents who are weaker, but more devious in other ways. By having a more varied roster of enemies, Jojo and his allies grow mentally as well as physically. I appreciate that. I appreciate that he's not trying to just repeat what's successful. Yeah. And you see that in those stand fights. I, I do not think part three has the best stand fights. I also think 48 episodes was way too much. They It's slavish to detail. Um, subsequ- the next two parts, which were adapted so far, so far only parts four and five are, have been adapted as well. We're still waiting on part six and everything else. But those got 38 episode orders, which let them be a bit tighter. That makes sense. Yeah, and, and there are certainly times in, in part in Stardust Crusaders where you're like, okay, let's just get to the fucking Dio fight. But what I will say is the Dio fight is indeed one of the most badass things I've ever seen. And uh, Jotaro's confrontation with him is very cool. And I will not spoil anything more. All right. The, the, lo- the mystery of Dio stand is actually actually has a pretty awesome payoff. All right. I think uh, I think we're good on here. Uh, I think this is like an hour and a half of of talking about JoJo, <laughs> and this will this will not be the last. I think I think certainly part four and five will be worthy of their own three episodes to cover. I think so. This is. Uh, Quite the epic. This is quite the epic. Um, so final thoughts. Uh, what, what is, we, we, we took an unconventional approach to an unconventional series in our second episode only. Yeah, this was a lot. This was a big dive. This was a big, like, holy shit. It's so different from One Punch Man. I am, uh, I, listen, I think I'm more interested in Stark uh, Dust Crusaders than I am in the first arc. Even the probably part two. I don't know if I'd like go back to finish the um, the first arc. Mm-hmm. I might. I could maybe be talked into the second arc, but uh, I think Stark uh, Stardust Crusaders has the most interesting elements. That so. was not what I was expecting. I was expecting uh, you to hate this completely. <laughs> um, I will say this: this wasn't easy to watch. Uh, this was hard uh, at times to figure out what was going on. Uh, I liked uh, One Punch Man a little bit more, um, but I don't, and I don't know if I would return to this. I feel like uh, yeah, this I point, want your honest thoughts. This is this is for the non-anime viewer. Uh, I would say this: it's a big ask. This is like you know trying to jump into, um, I'm jumping into the I guess the uh, the deep end mm-hmm. on this show. Um, I think the likelihood of me continuing watching this is low. Um, but you but, seem to enjoy yourself more than I would honestly expect. I would but, say. I, but like I said, if I was to continue, I think it would be with Star Dust uh, Crusaders uh, before the other stuff. And, and who knows? Maybe you'll have a completely different... The great thing about JoJo is that it reboots itself constantly. Um, and what I, what I will say about Part 4, which I think is one of the strongest parts, especially of the animated ones, is that it's almost a blank slate. Um, Dio is done, and it's completely different. It, it has our old pal, Joe Taro, but that's about it. Yeah. Um, so so yeah. we'll see. Uh, it has not 
uh, been added to Netflix, so we'll we'll take a breather from JoJo. This is not going to become JoJo's Bizarre Podcast. Also, that's a podcast that already exists. Um, yeah, let them do that because I think I'd bail. That. I'd bail if that was the case. At a certain point, I'd be yeah, like, "All right, it, <laughs> this isn't for me." But uh, at least for this taster. Um, so, all right. Um, so let's finally announce the next show we'll be covering for next week, and it is My Hero Academia. Oh. Um, and those episodes are, and they're in the Google Doc, so we're not going to fuck up this time. Um, season 1, Episode 2, What It Takes to Be a Hero. Season 2, Episode 10, Shoto Todoroki, Origin. And Season 3, Episode 11, One for All. So that's, I say no more. That's the rules. I cannot tell you anything more about the series. We will continue our conversation when we record next time. And yeah, let's, uh, let's end things off with the ending theme to part one roundabout like any good jojo podcast would yes and thank, and, you, um, uh, and thank you for listening uh i hope you uh tune in again uh, if anyone whoever uh, is listening uh manages to find more footage of that 2007 uh jojo's bizarre adventure film i think uh we would really appreciate it if you ever sent that way if anyone here would love that actually. exclusive we would love that exclusive of how many of however many listeners but hey if listeners if you think we fucked up and we picked the wrong episodes to cover uh let us know let us know which uh which jojo's bizarre adventure episodes better represented this um and also what anime should we watch like again we are open to, we are open to it so let us know on twitter all right twitter handle I'd have to look it up, so I'm just going to bring the show <laughs> notes. Take a look in our show notes for our Twitter handle info. All uh, right. Is this an- our Twitter handle is is this anime pod at is this anime pod. All right. Anyways, take it easy. <laughs> <laughs>